Hey you, how are you? We have been talking about who is God and so we're going to continue there. Like I said before, we are nearing the end. So finish strong with me. I hope that this is holding your attention, keeping your attention. Please remember to like and share. Um, let people know, right, what you're hearing, what you're receiving. Um, and don't just keep it to yourself, right? And even more than that, though, right, I hope that this whole series is literally changing your outlook of who God is. It's making you see him differently, making you see him in places where you normally would not and not even just see him, but acknowledge him. Right. I hope that as you walk through your day and you see God in a new way, you're like, hey, whoa, that's Yahweh or there's Jehovah Nisi or there's El Shaddai or um, um, there is God, my father. Right. Just Jehovah Shalom. All the all the names that we're talking about that you probably knew about, but that you weren't you never really used or you never really cared to incorporate right into your prayer or into your daily um, when you're talking to him or you're talking about him. Um, I hope that the the knowledge that we're getting from this series is affecting you um, and that you're using it. Right. So it's not just the hearers of his word that are blessed is the doers. So don't just hear what I'm saying, right? Don't just listen, take what I'm saying and use it. Actually apply it, add it to your prayer life. Work on adding to this week, for example, um, um, Jehovah Nisi, which we talked about last week, uh, God my banner, right? And so, you know, maybe you're dealing with something at work and you need the Lord to kind of go before you, you need, um, uh, a, a structure erected, right? That's going to give you hope. And even if it's symbolic, it's just in your mind, it's right there. And so you're like, listen, Jehovah Nisi, I'm raising you up, right? I'm raising you up as a standard. Um, and I need you this week because this is the week where XYZ is happening. And, you know, I don't know what's, what the outcome is going to be, but you are my banner. Do you see what I'm saying? Incorporating what we're talking about so that it's not just head knowledge let it become heart knowledge um let it become something that becomes a part of you okay so like i said who is god and we're going to just keep going with these names and my hope is again that you're making this practical in your life one of the most common i think um names jehovah names of god is jehovah jireh and if you are like me, one that song by Maverick City and Elevation Worship, Jaira, literally got a majority of us through the pandemic, right? Had us all weeping and like, Lord, you are enough. You're going to provide, you know, if if you dress the lilies with beauty and splendor, how much more? You know, all the all the all the lyrics of that song that literally kind of saved our lives, if you if you really think about it. So Jaira is not one that I need to explain so much. If you know the story uh, in the book of Genesis chapter 22, where Abraham, the Lord calls Abraham and asks him to give him his son. And if you don't know that story, I would encourage you to read it. The Lord calls Abraham and he's like, listen, I want your son. <laughs> I want your son. The only one you got. Hello. Oh, my goodness. 
I want that son, the one you waited for, the one you prayed for, the one you shook heaven for, the one your wife laughed over when I said that it's anything too hard for the Lord. That son, I want that one. And the Bible tells us that Abraham packed up and took Isaac on on a couple of uh, days journey. And they get to, obviously, to Mount Moriah and he's binding him up and he lays him down on the sacrifice. And right as he's about to slaughter his son, the Bible says that the, the, an angel of the Lord came and stops him and says, do not touch him. Um, there's a ram over there. That's actually the sacrifice that I want. And so when you think about Jehovah Jireh, you know, obviously, yes, the Lord, my provider. I think we all know that. Remember, Jehovah means the existing one. And then Jireh is where we get is is the word from which we get provision right and it's it's a it's it's a name that memorializes the way the lord interceded right when um abraham was about to slaughter isaac so it's not just i mean i think it's okay to refer to the lord as jehovah jireh when he simply provides for you your daily needs your monthly needs your annual needs on a on a on a pretty consistent basis lord you are my jehovah jireh you provide for me you provide the money to pay my mortgage and my car note and you provide the money to uh keep me uh, uh well and fresh and 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 going about my day you provide what i need not even just in terms of money you provide anything that i need and i think that's an okay understanding of jireh but even beyond that, like I said, when you think about the story in Genesis chapter 22 of Abraham and his son, it gives you a little bit of a greater glimpse into what Jireh actually means. Because Jireh is not just simple provision. It is provision in the myth, in, in, in an imminent fashion, right, where there, it's almost emergency. So think again about Abraham literally with his hand raised with the knife and he's about to bring it down on his son and end his life in what he uh, uh, knew was the Lord telling him to give me your most beloved treasure. Give that to me. And as he's coming down with the sword, right, ready to, I don't even know where he would have cut his son. I would imagine maybe his carotid or his jugular or, you know, some kind of quick end right so that he's not suffering that would be what I imagine again sometimes my brain is a little too Hollywood but that's what I would imagine and so if that's what's happening here then it's not just God that provided a ram it's God that provided a ram right when I needed the ram provided so it really so when you're thinking about Jehovah Jireh it's 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 more than just the God who provides it's the God who provides in the moment where it's most dire in that emergent moment, in that imminent moment where I need you right here, right now. And if you've ever had any kind of close encounter before where God suddenly provided something for you that you didn't know how else it was going to happen or, or in, in, in what fashion, this, that, the other, then that's Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides. The God who knew that I would need something even before I needed it, right? The God who, who showed up and provided for me even before 
I needed him to. Right? In that moment, in that emergent moment. And so listen, if you, like I said, if you've had an encounter with the Lord, right? Where you, <laughs> where you are on E, on the, in the middle of the highway in traffic. And you are like, Lord, I need you to get me to this gas station. Because if I, if this car knocks in the middle of the road, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, that situation where you literally prayed yourself to the exit and then you make it to the gas station just in time. The Lord provided in that moment, in that emergent moment, um, a bill is due and you looked in the account and you don't know what. There is nothing there. You have three dollars and your phone bill is eighty dollars. And it's about to be cut off, but you really need it not to be cut off because you have a, a, a job interview tomorrow at nine and you don't know what you're going to do. And suddenly, right, suddenly out of nowhere. Hello for the suddenly out of nowhere. You get a, a, an alert on that same phone. Somebody just cashed up to you eighty two dollars. Oh, yeah. I remember I owed you uh, eighty two dollars back when you bought me those shoes and please forgive me for forgetting you yourself forgot too but God didn't forget God reminded them right at that moment and used them to be a blessing or maybe it wasn't something that someone owed you someone was just being generous right but it came at the right time and at the nick of time right right when you needed it I mean I can't I can't even I mean that has happened to me so many times especially when I was in college Oh my goodness, college. What is it about college that makes it so difficult? Oh my gosh, college, Lord, where I would literally have no gas money and I needed to be and I needed to get to class or I needed to do something and some way, somehow it would always happen where the Lord would just provide in such a strange way. Hey, can you babysit for such and such this weekend? And I'm like, perfect. Thank you, Lord, because I have no more gas. You see what I'm saying? These are the things right when something's about to happen, right when it feels like your back is up against a wall, right when you're about to slaughter your Isaac, the Lord stops you and says, hey, I have another way. And so Jehovah Jireh, yes, he is the God that provides, but but even more than just simply providing, he's the God that provides when it feels like all else is failing. Then you have Jehovah Shalom. Oh, something about that name just makes me want to inhale and exhale and just smile, right? Makes me feel like I'm instantly transported to a beach in the middle of Bora Bora and I'm just good. Jehovah Shalom. So again, Jehovah means the existing one. But then when you look at Shalom, it is it is a word in Hebrew that means to be complete or to be sound, So it's translated to be peace or the absence of strife. The absence of strife. Again, that word just makes me want to inhale and exhale and just smile like Lord. Jehovah Shalom is, is, is a name that you call God when you get to a place in life and 
you look around and you see no trouble. And even more than that, you look around and maybe you see a little trouble, but it's not affecting you, right? Trouble is around me, but trouble is not in me. Okay, there is chaos in this world, but there is not chaos in my mind. Why? Because I have Jehovah Shalom. The Bible says in the book of Judges chapter 6 that Gideon built an altar to the Lord. Chapter 6 verse 24, and he called it Jehovah Shalom because the Lord had delivered him from strife. If you read stories about David, the Bible says that the Lord gave him peace on every side. Right. And so now he no longer needed to strive. There was no more war. When you think about heaven, obviously, you think about a time where there will be no more strife. And so Jehovah Shalom is the name you call God when you look at your life and you see the absence of strife, a.k.a. the abundance of peace and the peace of God, with which passes our own understanding, will guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. That's Jehovah Shalom, the ability to, to literally be in chaos, possibly, and not be in chaos. So physically you're in chaos, but you're not chaotic. Hello? You know, you are, or maybe you don't even have chaos. You don't even have any form of chaos in your life. You are good. That's the work of Jehovah Shalom, the God who is our peace, who allows us to live lives that are absent from strife. Just because I am in this world where there will be troubles doesn't mean that my life has to be full of troubles. When you think about the story that we looked at um, um, in, in the Agony and Strife, Agony and Heartache uh, series, right? Where the Lord was with his disciples on the boat and he, and he stands up on the water and he says, peace be still. We can be in the middle of a storm but like Jesus, because of Jehovah Shalom, be knocked out in the boat. That's the work of a God who is peace, who gives peace. Think about it. And this is something that I asked you back then, but I'm going to ask you again. If you were the Lord, could you sleep? And for most of us, myself included, the answer is no way. Like, seriously, are you for real? No, I couldn't sleep. Not only am I motion sick, Lord, with the, bo the boat rocking back and forth and flying this way and that way. I mean, it's a storm. And I, I would imagine that the disciples are trying to keep the boat afloat. And so they're pouring out the water as it's coming in. And they're looking back like, is this dude really sleep right now in this moment? And yet he's knocked out so much so that they had to wake him. The Bible says that their voice woke him. So he was asleep. He was asleep. And I'm telling you, one of the ways to know that you operate under um, um, uh, under the provision of peace that Jehovah Shalom is given is when you are above your situations. You live above that stuff because the truth of the matter is it's going to be there right? 
you may have periods of time in your life where you are absent of strife. And I think that's a blessing of the Lord, right? Those moments where you literally can sit back and sip your lemonade and be like, whoa, I really don't have any issues right now. I don't have any wants or needs. And that is God. But that those days are, are typically short lived because something always comes, right? Something always comes that says, oh, here we go again. I'm back to fighting. I'm back to pleading. I'm back to praying. I'm back to interceding. And I believe that that's the way the Lord designed it because if we didn't have these things a lot of us wouldn't pray myself included I mean be like hey Jesus what's up thank you so much goodbye right that's the way we that's the way we would live our lives and so you know it, it these problems serve a purpose but beyond that it is it is this it is living in this constant steady state of peace despite what the world is trying to serve you, which is anxiety and depression and chaos every single day. Just watching the news could leave you feeling completely hopeless, right? Void of every ounce of peace there is. And yet, Jehovah Shalom is our peace. So when you are in the middle of a chaotic situation, and yet you don't feel the panic, then you owe Jehovah Shalom some serious praise. Or you are in the midst of a season in your life where there isn't much going on. But typically there is a whole lot going on, right? You've hit a stride. And for the last three weeks, you haven't had any issues and your car is working perfectly and work is going great. You just got a beautiful review and um, your husband and you are doing well or you and your wife are all smiles, right? That's the work of Jehovah Shalom. Don't take it lightly. Don't make, don't make it of, 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 of little value. Say something. Thank you, Jehovah Shalom, for giving me peace in this moment. So Jehovah Shalom is that God that's like, that God, the God that lets you inhale and exhale and just smile. The God that, that makes you look at your children who are doing well and just give him praise because there's peace. Because you can literally inhale and exhale without feeling like the weight and the pressures of the world sitting on your chest. It is Jehovah Shalom who takes away those pressures and gives you peace in spite of everything you're going through. And so maybe you don't have that. And maybe you're in a position where there's a lot going on and you need that. And so now is the time to go to him and be like, listen, Jehovah Shalom, I need you. I need you right now and I need you to show up as peace because I'm being robbed. I'm being robbed of something that is rightfully mine. My peace, I give you right? You don't even have to beg for it. Peace is yours. And so if you're in a situation in life and you have been robbed of peace, I want you to know that you literally have been robbed. I'm not using that word, you know, as a, as a joke. You have been robbed. Peace is yours. And so if you are, are living void of peace, then now is the time to go to the Lord and be like, listen, no, peace is my portion. Peace is rightfully mine. 
And so I need it right now. It's too much going on, Lord. Jehovah Shalom, show up in my life and watch and watch. Watch him do it. Just like he did for the disciples when he stood up and said, peace be still. He will stand up in your life and say, peace be still. Just like he did before. So Jehovah Shalom is another name of the Lord that I love so much. And then there's two names that I love that are outside of the Jehovah. I mean, there's so many Jehovahs. There's Jehovah Ra, Jehovah Tiskadenu, Jehovah um, um, Sabiah, so many Jehovahs, but we're not going to go over all of them. I picked some of the ones that I love the most, some of the ones that make the most meaning to me, but do your own deep dive, right? Get into a little bit more of the Jehovahs um, that are out there. But another two names that I love that, that about that are called, that God is called rather, um, is Alpha and Omega, which is directly and closely related to Ancient of Days. Those two names, Alpha and Omega and Ancient of Days. And when you think about Ancient of Days, what you should think about, I mean, obviously, even the, even the name itself kind of gives you a clue um, into what it means or into why we call God Ancient of Days. But it is, it is, it, it, it should make you think about God in a timeless way. A God who is not bound by time. Which sets him apart from every other aspect of creation. Because all of us are bound by time. Every organism on this planet is bound by time. The trees that are growing in your backyard, the, the, the pet that you love so much, the giraffe at, the, the, at your local zoo, um, um, the plant on your grandmother's windowsill, um, even the, the organism, the protozoa, the, the, um, the bacteria that you're working with in the lab, all of these things just by them being creation are bound by time and it's obvious right because one day you see us and we're seedlings you see us and we're babies you see us and we're a large um, um, uh, part of our mother's wombs right expanding bellies you see us and we are miniature and then the next day you see us and we've grown and every single day of our lives we are growing at a pretty steady rate, right? Growing to a point where we will grow no more, right? So it's so we've started and then we grow and then we end at some point because we are not ever living, right? We come to an end. Anything that has a beginning will also have an end because that's the way he created it. But then when you look at again, you look at somebody, you look at something, you look at someone, hello, called ancient of days. Then you see someone who is not bound by time, which sets him apart from all of creation. The Hebrew word for the Hebrew phrase for ancient of days literally means before days were. Before days were. And so that makes you wonder, 
before days were like what lord you have you have existed you simply have existed so when the lord is talking to moses from behind that burning bush and he says i am i am not i was not i will be i am and i have been since the beginning of time and even before that and it boggles my mind like lord what what huh how what when where all the the all the questions it just doesn't make sense and yet it makes perfect sense because he's god and over and over in the book of daniel the bible says the bible calls the lord ancient of days in chapter 7 and and in in chapter 7 from verse 9 to verse 14 he approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence and so when you think about god ancient of days and i want you to think about a a a, a god who has literally been there done that he is not bound by time he is not bound by anything man made unlike you and me right we are bound by our age we are bound by development we are bound by laws and and government but god is not bound by any of those things he is god and so when you're thinking of ancient of days you're thinking of a god who literally has the blueprint of your life and every life around you and so you don't have to worry you don't have to fret he is the ancient of days he has your life planned and that goes directly with alpha and omega alpha and omega we see that in the book of revelation chapter 22 where the bible says i am the alpha and omega the first and the last the beginning and the end which again speaks to his timelessness he is not bound by time and the beautiful thing about alpha and omega though is that you're there you were there in the beginning you will be there in the end but you're with us also in the middle so you were there the first day i was born before that you were there the first day i was conceived when the sperm and the egg came together and began to divide and divide and divide and divide and then created me the 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 person that i am today you were there when i was born you were there when i took my first step you were there when i ate my first solid food you were there uh, uh when i drove my first car you were there when i got married you were there when i had my own babies etc etc you have been there from day one you will be there at the end and through it all you're there with me and so when you're thinking about alpha and omega it's it's in that moment where you are overwhelmed with the idea that god you are walking this life with me i am not alone i'm not just figuring it out day by day right like a blind man walking into the next room un- completely unaware of what it looks like that's not the way the lord has me walking through life he is there with me he has lived it all he has seen the end from the beginning hebrews chapter 12 calls him the author 
and the finisher. So you wrote the book and you finished the book. So you know the plot, you know the setting, you know the antagonist and the protagonist, you know um, 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 how the action is going to uh, crescendo and then how it's going to decrescendo. You know all of it. So when you call God Alpha and Omega, when you call him Ancient of Days, you're speaking to a God who you know knows all the ins and outs of your life, how it's going to flow, how it's going to ebb, how everything is going to work together for my good. That's Ancient of Days and that's Alpha and Omega. And the last one we'll talk about today is Jehovah Elroy. Jehovah Elroy. And if you know, some, some people say Jehovah Elroy. Some people just say Elroy. And Elroy is, again, a name for God that came out of... Um, um, the time of Abraham and if you know the story of Abraham and Sarah we kind of I kind of touched on it when I talked about Jehovah Jireh just now obviously uh, Abraham and Sarah were very old they didn't have any children but before Isaac came and Sarah got a little hasty she asked her her servant um, Hagar to sleep with her husband Abraham to have a child that would be hers because Hagar was a servant that was the custom back then you you go sleep with my husband and the child that you have will will be my child um in an attempt to solve a problem right a little too hasty before the Lord's time this is the agreement that they come up with so Hagar gets pregnant but unfortunately the Bible kind of gives gives us clues into how now Sarah begins to resent Hagar that she's pregnant and I don't know whether Hagar became proud or nasty I'm not sure um but he we know that Sarah begins to resent her so Hagar flees and she finds herself pregnant in a desert I want you to think about that. So this, <laughs> this is a Selah moment, right? Think about that. If you've known anyone pregnant or your wife has been pregnant, your sister has been pregnant, a friend has been pregnant, your mother has been pregnant, you know how automatically trying that time just is, whether it's the extra weight or the tiredness or um, just the work involved around carrying a baby for nine months, 10 gestational months, and doing your part to make sure this baby comes into the world healthy and whole and sound. And now she has fled the only home that she had, the only home that she knew, and she is in a desert. Now, when you think about a desert, you're not thinking about a place that's welcoming you with open arms, with lush trees and bountiful oranges hanging from these trees and, 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 and just, you know, a, an oasis, if you will. That's not the image that comes to your mind when you're thinking of a desert. And so now because of 
I don't even know where to put the blame, whether it's Abraham, Sarah, or Hagar herself, for whatever reason, we don't even have to think about the blame. She finds herself here, away from home, away from what's normal, in a desert, pregnant. And in that moment where Hagar obviously feels abandoned, alone, completely isolated, what am I going to do? Lord, where are you? She feels like a vagabond. In that moment, the Bible mentions to us that God comes and ministers to her and she calls him Elroy. Because in her lowliest moments, God was aware of her needs. And in Genesis chapter 16, verse 13, the Bible says she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. Oh, my goodness. So beautiful. I have now seen the one who sees me. You've been looking at me all this time, but now I actually see you. So it's not that God suddenly started seeing me. Do you see what I'm saying? It's not that one day the Lord woke up and was like, oh, there's Ifa and she needs me. No, you've been seeing me all this time, but now my gaze has met yours. So now I see you as you have seen me and Hagar got to this point in the desert where she's hungry and thirsty and the Bible says that that the Lord um, an angel meets her there and creates a spring and so now she has water in the midst of the desert and so again that Jehovah Jireh type of experience right when I need you you're right there but even beyond that so it's not just a provision in that moment that we're talking about because that would have been Jehovah Jireh all over again now it's also God you see me and I see you so when you talk about Elroy you're calling God Elroy where the plan that has been in motion For a long time, you finally are beginning to see it. You're finally seeing how God is working your life out to be what he always intended for it to be. In those moments where you feel alone and you feel abandoned, and then suddenly you start to see how God is using your current situation in accordance with his plan for your life and it starts to click and you see God who sees you in those moments where you feel seen like whoa Lord out of 7 billion people walking this earth you see me Elroy I give you praise Elroy I thank you Elroy, I am grateful because you see me. I'm not just one of many. You see me, specifically me. And so I want to encourage you, if you are 
in the midst of a whole lot. Going through a whole lot. And, you know, I'll be honest, my mind has kind of been heavy the last couple days. Just thinking about a lot of things and what I want the Lord to do, what I need the Lord to do. And all the things that I want to do with my life, thinking about my future and all these things. It can get really heavy. And then you get to this point where you look at God and you say, Elroy, you say, Elroy, I know you see me. I know you see me because you are Alpha and Omega. You see the beginning and you see the end. So you know how all this is going to work together. You are ancient of days. You are not bound by time. So even though in my mind, it feels like time is ticking and all the things I want to get done are not getting done. All I feel, maybe you feel a little bit late. Maybe you feel delayed. Maybe you feel stagnant, right? I'm telling you that all these names are for you. Ancient of days, timeless God, Alpha and Omega. They're from the beginning, they're now and will be there at the end. Jehovah Elroy, the God that sees me. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord who is my peace. Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. In that situation that's so emergent and imminent, right then, he provides. Listen, y'all, we serve a God who is not bound by anything created. So be encouraged. Whatever your life looks like, Whatever that is, he is God and he is good and he can do it. His names tell us he can do it, but his names are not just names because they were arbitrarily given. His names came out of situations that that proved him to be what his names are. If you were to awaken Hagar today and tell her, yeah, he's not really Elroy. She would fight you tooth and nail because she's seen God in the midst of the desert and she lived it and she came out and the Bible promised her that her descendants, despite what was going on between her and her master, between her and her mistress, the Bible promised her that her descendants would be many. And if you trace the descendants of Hagar and Ishmael, you will know that the Bible was not joking when it promised her a lineage and so these names are built on facts and real stuff so whatever you're going through find a name and hold on to it because he is a God that is watching his word to perform it remember all you need for life and godliness has been given it's already yours it's already in you I love you plenty, plenty.